Good morning, everybody. It's great to see the uh, success from last week and see the momentum starting to build with a number of you. Wanted to talk about something this morning. Barry covered this yesterday on his call. And, uh, you know, what are the numbers? And he made the comment. He said, you know, if you don't understand this, get with your manager and they will help you. So I thought I'd give an example of this this morning. Part of the reason for him doing that was our business is so predictable. And you're going to see that when we enter, when David interviews Brandon in a minute. I'm really looking forward to that. But I wanted to give you, you know, because uh, people all the time, what should I expect? Uh, that's kind of the elephant in the room. A lot of times they won't ask that question, but they beat around the bush about it. So I took an example this morning. If an agent spends $400 a week in lead costs, they may do 200 they may do 500 but I chose four. What should I expect? Well, that $400 a week in lead costs should generate about $4,000 a week in premium. So if an agent is sitting, and you may want to write this down. So if they spend $400 a week, that should generate 4000 a week in premium. Well, let's assume they're going to sit on 70% of the appointments that they set. We're going to figure out how many, uh, in a minute how many appointments you need to set, and they close half of them. So if they sit on eight, they should expect four sales. Well, that's exactly right. They, in order to write $4,000 in premium, an agent needs to write, on average, four sales to generate $4,000 in premium. How does that translate into income? Well, 80% of those, that $4,000 should be placed and, and put in effect and, uh, and be issued. So it's going to take, you know, 11 or 12 appointments to sit on eight because you're going to have about a 30% of the people you set appointments with are either going to reschedule, cancel, or they're just not going to show up. So an agent needs... 11 to 12 appointments every week to write four sales to generate about $4,000 in premium. Um, if they sit on eight of their 11 or 12, they write four sales, that generates $4,000 in premium at an 80% placement. That means they're going to write about $3,200 in premium and get it issued. Now, the company is going to advance 75% of $3,200. So they're going to get paid that week for their effort about $2,400 in income. Assuming an agent works 50 weeks a year, that translates into about $120,000 in income for the year. But there's more. Remember that 25% they withheld? The, the insurance company is holding back about $800 a week of your income for chargebacks and that sort of thing. When that gets paid out in three equal installments in the 10th, 11th, and 12th month, guys, that adds another $40,000 in income on top of the 120 they were paid initially. So that will give you some idea of what to expect. All right now, well, Dick, how many dials do I make? Can I just make, you know, 10 dials and, and set this week up? No. You know, it, if you're working a mixture of B and C leads, and let's say your number is 1 out of 15. When I was dialing on A leads, I set an appointment every 7 uh, dial. Every 7 dials, I'd set an appointment. And But say on B and C leads, it's not quite that good. 
and you're sending appointment one out of every 15 dials you set an appointment. Now, what is a dial? For those of you who are new, and we got a bunch of you on here today, you know, if you dial the cell phone twice, you dial the spouse's cell phone twice, and you finally catch them at work on the second dial, that's six dials that have been made. So if, if you make your 15 dials, 15 dials, and you need to set 12 appointments, that means an agent is going to have to make 180 dials to accomplish the goals they have. So we're just working backwards to get where you need to be. I think what happens a lot of times, Connie, is somebody sees the 4,000 a week, they see the, the 12 appointments, but they think they can accomplish that on, you know, an hour worth of dialing time, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. You know, there's only so many BTUs in a gallon of gas, and it doesn't matter, you know, how bad you want to go 100 miles. If you get 30 miles to the gallon, you got a gallon of gas, you're not going to go 100 miles. Our business is no different. And I want to contrast that with, you know, we talk about David Crocker a lot, but we do that because he has put out, he's been gracious enough to put out a couple of podcasts on what he does and what it takes to be successful. When David started, he was making several hundred dollars a week, just like we just discussed. Now, I think on average, he probably makes somewhere in the neighborhood of about 75 dollars a week to set up his week, and you can see this past week he wrote about $12,000. So, you know, the goal is for everybody to get better, get more confident, and they just get a skill set that improves and improves and improves. So I wanted you to understand that our business is so predictable, we know that if an agent will do this over a period of time, they will get to the point that they can make between 75 and and $100 a week and in two hours set up their, the majority of their week. So those numbers are there, and we're more than glad to go over with you. What I need from you if you call to say, okay, what can I expect? I need to know how much money a person is willing to invest in leads every week, and then we can figure backwards on what that will produce for them. If they say, I really want to make this amount, then we'll go and figure it from there. All right. You know, it's so funny. We, we get calls all the time that say, oh, I just want to be just like Brandon Hall. Well, you know, you've heard that thing. People say, oh, I just want to be like Tiger Woods. Really, in, in all honesty, you really don't want to be like Tiger Woods because there are very few people in this world willing to put in and do what Tiger Woods has done. You know, it's the same with any uh, Olympic athlete, which is why, Limit, Olympic <laughs> athletes are limited. You know, as you know, there's just not a lot of Michael Jordans in this world. Okay, and so um, Dick and I have kind of gotten away from even using Brandon as uh, an example because he is a bit of an anomaly. And in reality, guys, when you say you want to be like Brandon, you don't have any idea how much he spends on leads and how many hours he works. I mean, the, the man generally, genuinely sets 40 appointments a week, okay? <clears throat> now, let's, let's be realistic here and, and say, okay, you want to make $150,000 a year, you want to have that much put into your checking account, then let's work backwards from there to see the, the amount of money you must spend, the investment in your business that you must make, and the number of hours. Brandon works an incredible number of hours. He works hard. He plays hard, too, okay? He's a nice guy. He's, he, he likes to have fun. But in reality, work is his life. 
And, um, you know, he's in this business for a little different reasons than some of the rest of us are. Um, and so, you know, Dick, you've, you're on the right track here, getting people to understand being the CEO of their business, knowing their numbers, as Robert and David tell us, as Barry says, you can't beat the numbers and the numbers can't beat you. So true, and I, I most people would not work. I mean, Brandon is putting in at least 14 to 16 hours a day. And I told somebody yesterday, I said, if they would pay me $3 million a year to do what Brandon does, I still wouldn't do it. I am not going to work that many hours a day. Want to uh, introduce, reintroduce David Crocker to you. Um, many of you know David. Uh, you've certainly heard him on the call. And uh, he has been working hand-in-hand -hand with Brandon. And we just wanted them to share um, their story uh, emphasizing Brandon's success here. Yeah, Brandon Schindler, as you all know, uh, was an Ignite earner recently, and um, David's going to interview him now and find out, you know, some of the key aspects of what allowed him to do that. Oh, I'll blah, 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 blah. David Crocker sound unmuted. Well, there we okay. go. Okay. Hello. <laughs> now you're unmuted, David. Okay. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday, everybody. And uh, I, I got to, before we go any further, John Bernalia, man, number one. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to work harder this week. That's completely unacceptable to have somebody on my team do more than me. Uh, <laughs> he's killing it. But, yeah, we're going to have to have a talk. I'll, yeah, I'll, we I'll know have, that. I'll have... I'll have my factor call upon your factor. Anyway, Brandon Schindler, wow, what a story. Folks, I met Brandon on the phone here uh, probably, goodness, three months ago maybe, Brandon, and uh, you, you shared me a story about your business that you had and how you were looking for something different. And uh, next thing you know, here you are, uh, an Ignite winner with Equus. You're starting to figure it out. The, the first couple weeks in the field, Let's call it what it is. It was not pretty. Uh, but now you're getting your sea legs. You're starting to recognize uh, how, to, how to manage time on the phone, how to manage the in-home. And uh, now we can look back uh, 30 days in, into uh, your time in the field, probably three weeks in the field maybe, and say, wow, uh, we, we've got some success we can start to hang our, our hat on. Brandon, if you could look back at the, next, at the last – 60 days, what, what would you say is the one thing for somebody that's on the phone right now that's listening, that they, they're, they're starting out, they, they, they literally just got their license, they're, they're, they've maybe made a small number of dials. What's the one thing you would tell them that you've learned from the last 60 days that you could say, here's the one thing you've got to make sure you remember, whether it's emotionally or practically or physically, what's the one thing you would tell somebody Here's what you need to know. What would that be? Yeah. Good morning, David. Good morning, Dick and Connie. Thank you for having me. Um, to answer your question, David, uh, one thing to remember uh, is when it's when something's not looking good or it's taking some time to learn or it's a tough day or whatever it is, get up and go at it again the next day. Because if you don't, um, you know, inherently we want we want success. We want to make money and everything like that. And that's the one thing that I had to get by. There were some uh, days that were really tough that I didn't feel like I was succeeding. But David and I got on the phone, Dick and I got on the phone, and really just pushed through all the tough things. And when you say the tough things, 
I, I, I mean, y- y- you and I were on the phone probably, goodness, six, seven, eight times a day, if not more. Uh, and some of the tough things we were dealing with were, uh, I think, I think you're, I think you had a lot of success on the phone right away. As far as it seemed like you got some good traction, at least getting to set appointments. But then what started happening when you went out in the field? What were some of those tough things? What, what were the things that you encountered uh, that that were punches to the face? Yeah. So some of the things that I encountered were no shows. You know, maybe my learning that my call structure was not like yes, I was I sounded good on the phone, but my appointment booking like tying the appointment down, um, rushing through an appointment because you know I've had some sales experience in the past, but there's a system in place for a reason, and taking the time to understand the process was probably my biggest hurdle, um, and just practicing it daily. Mm-hmm. That was some of the big things that I encountered. Yeah. And folks, I'll tell you that the time that Brandon and I spent on the phone, I think even just practicing his dialing, uh, goodness, you probably sent me no less than 30 recordings of you with your script. Um, You probably sent me, I mean, we risk assessed every single appointment you went on. I don't think there's an appointment you've sat on yet. And you've probably sat on, 10 to 15 by now, maybe 20, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And I, there is not a single appointment you've gone on that you have not called myself and or Dick and risk assess. Um, there's not a single appointment that you have not had a challenge in the home where you didn't reach out for help, where, you know, something went sideways. I know one of the things we try to convey to, in our group is that the moment that the, the client has any objection, don't even let him get it out. Say, well, that's not a problem. Let me get my, my senior underwriter on the phone. Let me see if we, can, uh, if we can talk through a couple of ideas. And you've reached out for help. The moment somebody says yes to a medical question, in other words, it's a negative answer to a medical question on the application, instead of just throwing that application against the burn, you've reached out for help. And so I, I, I want to commend you uh, for just you, you, you've, you've allowed yourself to be a human pincushion uh, here in our team. I mean, you, 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 you keep sending your recordings, you keep sending your, your risk assessments in, and, and you keep coming back for more. And it's been a lot of fun watching you do that. And I know it's not easy to put yourself uh, out there saying, what, what do I need to learn more? And, and one of the things that you and I did, I uh, think that right before – you started to have a lot of success in the home was we actually sat down and did a, a mock in home over zoom. When was that about a week and a half ago, I think. And, yeah. uh, and, and so I pretended you were a client and I gave you a full in home walkthrough right over zoom. And then you went out, and I think you closed your next appointment. And, uh, and so I would say the one thing I've watched you do is be teachable. You've been insanely teachable. Let's talk about last night. I think the appointment you had last night was um, a, a learning a learning experience for all. And folks, I'm a, I want to call out Dick and Connie right here. Um, oh yeah, Dick and Connie, they are the grand poobahs of all things helpful. When you know when I started this business, Brandon, you should hear the recordings of my dialing back in the fall of 2017. I mean, it was my my, my wife sitting here next to me shaking her head. It was terrible. 
and uh, and so uh, Dick and Connie helped me through that over the, over the last three years. They're helping the home on the countless times they've helped. Last night you had an adventure with a client that you walked out of there with an application. In, in a couple of minutes, walk us through the adventure was that was that client. Walk us through the help you got from Dick and Connie and what you learned out of last night's appointment. Yeah, so to set the stage a little bit, I had two, a very happy husband and husband. Um, they were awesome, you know, very bubbly and everything like that. And uh, the, as it turns out, one of the partners uh, got declined because of a rehab incident or what we would think is a rehab incident because MIB doesn't come back and tell you. But um, all these facts were uncovering as it was going along. Like I would ask up front if there was a medical issue or there were any major medical issues or anything like that. And the process started to really, really come out in the underwriting. Um, you know, Dick, I think I was on the phone with Dick like three or four times at least to understand, you know, how we can pivot into a different product or whatever it might be. Um, but things unfolded. You know, uh, what, what looks to be a 59-year-old healthy man was ended up in rehab for alcohol. And then what looks to be his partner, who's 55, got hit by a forklift when he was 33, and he's permanently disabled. And all of those things were a challenge because then there's little facets that came up in the underwriting as well besides those two major issues. And we were able, I was able to take an application, and I'm going to go back to them today once I talk with Columbian Financial Group and I'm going to propose a different solution for the partner that got declined for the, the medical reasons as well. So it was an adventure. Like it's, it was, it was ever changing. Like it was down to the minute I was in there for two and a half hours and it was, it was ever changing down to the minute. We did a policy review on something they currently had, which wasn't really a fit for their, um, wasn't really a fit for their needs or where they're going to be in 10 years um, due to the way the policy was. Um, and they were paying almost $3,000 in premiums a year for a poli for two policies that just, it wasn't really a fit for them. But it was an adventure to uncover all of the facts that happened and, and how it broke down. Um, but in the end, we ended up taking an application because with getting rid of their, uh, the policy that didn't really fit them, they're going to be in a position where underinsured would, would come into the realm. Um, but it was it was a trip, and the things that Connie and Dick did for me were unbelievable. You know, I had support throughout the whole meeting. You know, we had to pivot. We pivoted at least once or twice into different products and just getting the support of, of, of the knowledge of being able to answer the quick questions that needed to be answered to kind of save the situation, so to speak. That was instrumental in, in what happened. Yeah. And you know what I've learned from Dick <clears throat> over the over the years, over the last three years, Dick and Connie is, it don't leave without a signature. Even if you have to get a wet signature on an application that doesn't fit them, <clears throat> there's something that happens to the client when they take a pen, and they put a signature on on a piece of paper. You know, e apps are different. E apps, you're looking for a point of decision, but where you were at, you knew, you recognized right away that if we go any further. And I think even the Americo thing popped up for you that you had the MIB report. Uh, and for those of you that are new, uh, MIB, when you're taking an e-app, uh, you know, when you're taking an application, some of the carriers will actually pull a medical information history report um, <clears throat> that tells the insurance company what other applications this client has done and what information has been gathered by other in insurance companies 
that might be adverse to getting an approval. And so like Americo, right very early in the process, they actually will put a thing up on your screen. Um, this client can't continue because there's a couple of things in their history that would be disqualifying. And they stop you right there and it lets you know, you know, and so there's a way you can get a copy of that report and work through with the client. And what I appreciated about your story last night is that you didn't say, well, I can't go any further. I mean, it was probably seven, eight or nine o'clock on the East coast when that happened. And, and I was with a client when you called me, I, I couldn't pick up when you called me and you turned around and called Dick and Connie. And next thing you know, you had a paper app in your hand that you were able to have the client print off for you. Uh, you had a wet signature on an application, which told the client I'm moving forward with something. There's a concept of, of plan B letting the client know, uh, I've got a plan B and they understood when you left there last night, we've got something, I'm going to figure this out. We've at least got some paperwork it started that communicates to them that the process is going. It's so much easier to convert that than, than just folding up your laptop at that point saying, well, I have to go get some help. I'll come back. A lot of times you can't even get back in the home, but when you get ink on paper, man, now, now it's just, you're it, now, now you're in the underwriting process and the client doesn't know that you're going around 15, 16, 17 different companies finding what's going to work. They don't know that. And so you put on a, a you, you showed some veteran moves last night, not bad for a guy that's uh, been in the business for a month or two. Um, it, moving forward, let's talk some goals. What, what, is, what does life look like for you over the next 90 days from an activity and income standpoint? Yeah, so to do some, some things differently to boost my appointment ratio, I don't – it's not a matter of me for how many dials I make because I'm – I think I'm on pace with the 50 to $75 a week to um, get the 12 to 15 appointments that I need. Um, so if I have to do more, I'll do more. But I think it's just a matter of restructuring how I'm doing things a little bit to, to make most, m most effective use of my leads to get that, to get that, uh, those extra appointments I'm looking for because I'm sitting eight, eight to 10 in a week right now. Uh, which I want to boost a little higher just to get myself over that $5,000 marker. Honestly, my, my income goals are an, always an extra $500 a week. So, you know, I made 2000 last week. I want to make 2,500 and then I want to make 3,500. So I need to get that system with my, with my appointment booking down just to, just to hit those extra goals. And then honestly, the, the goals that I set for my income, it's all practice. Because I went out in my first week of having six appointments, I sat four of them, and I didn't do well on all of them. But as time went on, and, and David and I practiced, it's all practice about the in-home presentation. So the more I do, the more chance I have to sell on, the better I'm going to get. So that, that gap is going to close for me, and I think that extra $500 a week is very attainable. I like that. That's an easy, that's an easy goal, you know. And, and when you get to 15 appointments a week, <clears throat> 15 appointments produces on average 5,000 APB minimum, which when you're starting out, that's 2,500 bucks in your, in your hand. Uh, you know, and, and that 5,000 a week in APB, if you can get to that, which, which is, that's the track you're on right now. Uh, that qualifies you for the trip without even having to think about it. That qualifies you for every promotion level that Equus has up through hundred percent right on their schedule that qualifies you for the monthly production bonuses that Equus has. Um, and so that 12 to 15 range, especially if you can sit on 15. And one thing that's really important, I think, is 
<clears throat> remembering to sit on 15, not set 15, an, an I instead of an E. When, when we're setting 15, well, we're going to have three or four that are going to fall out. Well, that means we only sat on 10 to 12. But if we sit on 15, that means that over as the week progresses, we're booking 18 to 19 to 20, which then allows us to fall back to the 15, which produces the numbers. And so uh, I would encourage you to, as you're targeting your goals, uh, increase your target by about 30% just so you have a fallout ratio. That way you fall back to the numbers. Because if, if you can shoot high, that allows for a failure rate. And remember, you know, in Major League Baseball, a 300 hitters in the Hall of Fame. And so if we give ourselves a failure rate, we build it into our business plan, then that allows us to fall back to that 15 range that then produces everything else you're just talking about. And, uh, and so uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I've got to tell you, you sound like a veteran over the phone right now. You really do. And it's, it's, uh, it's a blast to go from uh, a, a recruiting phone call that you and I had probably three months ago, I think, uh, to, yeah. uh, to, to, to what you're doing today and, and your knowledge of the business, your knowledge of underwriting. Um, give us one final thought, a word of encouragement. Somebody's new, they're getting started off. Uh, what, 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 you know, on a positive thing, what would you tell them to look for, uh, you know, things to shoot for over the next 90 days? Somebody to start, that's just starting off, what would, what would you tell them from a positive perspective target over the next 90 days? I would say to the folks that are new and over the next 90 days, um, one word, perseverance. The system is proven on its own. The money will come. You do the dials. You start. You work with your upline on making sure whatever areas of opportunity that you're having, um, you know, whether it be in home or on the phones, you work through those. Perseverance, because the money, the appointments, the everything will come when you persevere through the tough times to get to the next step. That's great. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it is not a gorilla with a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dick and Connie, I hand it back to you. Thank you so much, Brandon. Not that I was counting, but I think it was a minimum of five calls last night, and it might have been six. I don't think it was seven. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, Dick always says it's a train at the end of the tunnel. I don't know which would be worse, that or the girl with the flashlight. So, uh, I did want to ask you something uh, or make a comment. When you talked about there's people on the call thinking, oh, my gosh, he's got to be crazy. How in the world could you increase your income by $500 a week and make that a goal? Guys, I want you just to understand something. The nature of our business and our system, just because if you will put in the time to get better, that's going to give you a $250 a week increase in income just because your skills are better. So that $500 is it's a challenge, but it's not as big a challenge as you might think. It's gonna, he's going to get better. That's obvious from what's happened in the first you know, 30 days here. But in addition to that, as he gets better, he's going to have more confidence to invest more money, and it's just going to be a snowball effect that's a good one. It is. And it just it really is. Um, you know, and one of the keys to last night was the fact that when I asked, do you have a paper app? You're right, David. I don't care what kind of paper app it is. Fill the thing out. <laughs> you know, get a signature because that 
that allows you to get back into the home. That allows you credibility to come back and say, okay, plan A didn't work, but we have a plan B. That adds so much trust to you. Now, plan C is going to be on this one here. We'll find something that will work, I believe. But then plan C is when you're there at this, this time and say, oh, by the way, what most people in your situation do is they want at least one hundred or $200,000 of accident coverage, mm-hmm. and they will implement that in addition to. Mm-hmm. And those are all things that make a difference. That's part of that extra $250 a week right. to know to ask about the accident plan. I did have one question for you that I wanted to uh, address with you. You becoming an Ignite earner is is a very, very, very big deal. What do you contribute your fast success, fast start, um, to getting Ignite to? Being a sponge for knowledge. Taking in all the knowledge that Dick and Connie have to offer, and especially David, the best thing that a new person can do, or at least in myself in my situation, was to learn. Even though it was tough, even though there was some, a lot of hurdles, even though there were a lot of things going on, the idea was to learn. And that's how I got to Ignite, because I stopped and listened to the people around me in guiding me in the direction that I needed to go, and that's what brought me to where I am today. You know, becoming a sponge, I hope everybody picked up on the fact, yes, he was a sponge, he wanted to learn, but he didn't have to know everything before he jumped in the swimming pool. You know, the people that drive us crazy are the ones that want to read the book and learn how to swim before they get in the water. It just doesn't happen that way. And Brandon has been a classic example of not having to do that. You know, we put a lot of emphasis on Igniter, and I'm going to let Brandon close out in just a minute with parting comments here. But what we have found, people that earn the Ignite, they have a 74% probability of making it. Uh, This is a career change. And the ones that don't make Ignite, the number is almost that great that they won't ever make it. You know, they just didn't do... um, what's necessary to become successful. They didn't have the fa- enough faith to get in the water. And But what's even more important than that, and this is what the Ignite uh, program is based on, is Limmer did a study a number of years ago of people that got in the insurance business. This is going back 30, 40, 50 years ago. And if an agent could go into the field and in the first 90 days – they could write and get 30 applications issued in the first 90 days of their career, they had a 95% probability of making a career change into this industry and being successful. So the Ignite is just the first step in that process. Now, Ignite is not the goal, the end goal. It's the first step of the main goal. And the main goal is to make everybody that acquires the Ignite Award successful in our industry uh, because that moves them right toward an elite producer status. And the elite producer status, once they've accomplished that, now they know the system works, they know they can do it, and those are the things that we're looking for. You and Brandon, if you've got anything, and we, we want to thank you and David so much this morning. You did a great job. But if you've got anything you would like to add as we close out here. Absolutely. I uh, appreciate it. Dick and Connie, once again, David, thank you so much again. Um, 
I think the I think the one thing I can say is is don't ever quit. Don't ever when the going gets tough, you know, think it's too hard because there have been so many stories you can ask David, you can ask Dick, of people just giving up because they didn't see it work right away. This is an investment. This is a process. This is something that is a lifelong change, whether you're doing it part-time or full-time. It's a way to impact people's lives in the most positive way. Yes, we do deal in grim subjects of life and what would happen if a loved one were to pass away. But when you get the value out of being able to help somebody and put their, and help piece their life together, it's such a reward. And if you ask all the top producers, they're likable and they're in this business, yes, to make money, but it's to help people and see their lives through. So never quit and let the, let the process take you for the ride because it's an amazing journey. Well said. Thank you very much. Of course. Hmm, wait.